0: This episode discusses mental health and suicidal ideation. While it is not discussed in great detail, if you are having thoughts of ending your own life, we strongly encourage you to push pause and call the National Suicidal Prevention Hotline right away at 800-273-8255.
1: We believe pharmacists are the best positioned providers to lead in PGX. Pharmacogenomics is the study of how genes affect a person's response to drugs. This relatively new field combines pharmacology and genomics to develop effective, safe medications and doses that will be tailored to a person's genetic makeup. This podcast is dedicated to pharmacists with an interest in learning more about the data analytics, industry trends, and evidence-based usage of pharmacogenomics. Welcome to PGX for Pharmacists, part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network.
2: Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Jamie Wilkie, and I'm one of your hosts of the PGX for Pharmacists podcast that Wealth Magazine recently recognized as the ninth most listened to genetics podcast in the world. On the PGX for Pharmacists podcast, we explore all things pharmacogenomics related, and our mission is to educate and advocate for pharmacogenomics, especially among the pharmacy profession. I accomplish this through interviews with pharmacogenomics industry experts and leaders, as well as today's special guest. Today, I'd like to introduce a special guest, Kristen Ruth Davis. I'm particularly excited because we're hearing from a patient herself about how precision medicine, specifically pharmacogenomics, changed her life. Kristen Ruth Davis has been writing and speaking and telling about her experience in the US mental health care system and gathering the stories of many other survivors for the past several years. A former investigative reporting fellow at the Washington Post, And a spoken word poetry performer, she frequently tells her story about her struggle with severe clinical depression and how genetic testing finally helped her psychiatrist prescribe the right medication she needs for her brain. After being prescribed over 20 different psychotropic medications and seen by over 15 different mental health professionals in a year long period. In short, genetic testing definitely proved she was not crazy and neither are others who fight battles against their own brains. In 2019, Kristen founded the I'm Not Crazy Project in collaboration with Creative Visions Foundation, an organization dedicated to telling narratives that will guide, empower, and inform the global conversation about mental health. After Kristen's story first aired on the Dr. Oz show in 2018, she received an outpouring of response from individuals who came to her for help with a desire to tell their own stories. From mothers seeking hope for their children in psych wards to college students requesting Skype chats from other countries, Kristen has spoken with many survivors whose lives have been impacted by genetic testing in psychiatry, which cuts down the painful and often life-ending trial and error process of finding the right medications. Mental health is extremely complicated and multifaceted, but wider use of this technology can not only save lives, but also revolutionize how we think about and treat people with mental health challenges. We all experienced the immense mental health challenges that the pandemic presented. Kristen felt them while working on the front lines of healthcare as a speech language pathologist in skilled nursing facilities, where she specializes in treating adults with brain injuries. The time is ripe for an open, honest conversation about mental health care informed by science and guided by compassion. Kristen, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so thrilled that you're here. And that you're willing to share your story so openly. So would you tell us a little more about yourself? That was a great bio to understand who you are, but I want a, a more human side of Kristen too. And, and who, who are you?
0: Well, um, as you said, I am a, a speech language pathologist by profession. Um, I have become a huge nerd about the brain ever since I went through what I went through you might be able to see I actually have a on my the entry into my apartment I have a a, the the chemical composition of serotonin on my wall um so that's and that's a very big part of my story so I've got the the art to show it off um I I read a ton. I love literature. I was an English major in college, so I've always had a drive for storytelling, and I think that comes a lot from my relationship with my family, who are also big readers, and I grew up hearing my, my maternal grandfather telling me all these stories, and I always wanted to be able to tell my own story someday, and this became the story for me to tell.
2: Excellent. Well, let's jump into it because that's what I'm most curious. I know our listeners are most curious to hear your unique story. You said in your bio how you were on 20 different medications and saw 15 different mental health professionals in just a year. Would you
0: mind telling us more about your story? Of course. Um, So I began dealing with um, having fairly regular uh, suicidal ideations when I was in high school. That's as far back as I can remember having those kinds of thoughts. And you know, back then as a teenager, that just, I never felt like, I never, I don't even think I i ever thought about telling someone that I was having those thoughts. Um, the closest I ever came was I, was 18 years old. I was a senior in high school. I had just uh, learned that I had gotten into uh, Duke University for college. Um, So it was supposed to be this kind of big celebratory moment in my young life. And yet I just felt this overwhelming darkness. And when I looked into my future, I just sort of saw this dark road that led nowhere. Um, So I actually, I was taking AP psychology at the time, and I read ahead in the textbook to the chapter on abnormal psychology. Um, and of course, I could sort of feel the, the stigma radiating from those pages, but I, I read through all the descriptions and I found that I what was going on in my brain most sounded similar to major depressive disorder. Um, so I... Uh, one night I sat my parents down and told them, you know, I think I'm depressed. And so it was sort of this, I was sort of trying to come out about those thoughts. Um, but how that conversation went, I, um, my parents tried to be supportive, that, but there was just such a lack of understanding and I think just generalized, internalized stigma that nothing was done about it. I actually didn't, I went to college and then I didn't see, uh, my first mental health professional until I was a junior in college. And at that point, um, I was having regular, almost daily anxiety attacks. Um, as I tried to figure out what I was going to do for the summer after junior year and the suicidal ideations returned and, um, I, I actually had to turn down an internship to to go home and try to deal with this and I started seeing um, a psychiatrist in my hometown in uh, St Petersburg, Florida for the first time and I was very, very reluctant to even trying psychotropic medications I had um, I considered myself um, you know, a creative person I was, you know, had so many of the common fears that people have about getting on psychotropic medication. I was afraid that they they would take away my identity. I wouldn't be able to create anymore. Um, So, but I got to the point where it was like, either I'm going to act on these suicidal thoughts or I'm just going to swallow the damn pill. So I swallowed the pill, um, And then I kept swallowing it, and I started to feel better. Um, and I kind of describe it to my psychiatrist that the the thoughts I could sort of the thoughts were very much dampened in my mind. Um, and I uh, went back to college. I graduated. I started writing about my experience with depression, and then. Um, a few years after college, um, I had been on the the same medication. It was an SS or an excuse me an SNRI for about five years, and then I called up my psychiatrist one day. I said I'd like to get off of the medication. Um, at that point, just thinking, okay, this got me through. A tumultuous time in my life. I don't need it anymore. Um, I'm kind of sick of some of these side effects that I've been having. So he, I wasn't given much warning. He just sort of complied and gave me a schedule to taper off of it. So I did, um, actually, right before I started journalism school and moved to Washington, D.C. And then um, I, was had my fellowship at the post. And as things started to become more stressful, and you know, now I understand chemically, as the the cortisol was rising in my brain, my serotonin, um my low serotonin production just sort of bottomed out. And I was the the daily anxiety attacks returned. The Um, the suicidal ideations and they, because this was, you know, the third period in my life now in my mid twenties that these were returning and they were even more forceful at this point. I, I did resort to self-harm and thankfully my friend that I was living with, you know, I, I was, you know, she saw me and I was hospitalized and that sort of ignited this just absolutely just hellish year and a half in my life where I was in and out of various levels of psychiatric hospitalization in eight different facilities in five different States. That's when I saw just a seemingly endless cascade of medical health professionals, um, who some were trying to help me, some were actually awful to me. Um, And I was prescribed so many different combinations of medications without much reasoning provided um, for these different medications. And uh, so, um, as great, you know, the greatest, you know, miracle or lucky thing that's ever happened to me in my life is that I ended up in the care of, an amazing psychiatrist, uh, Dr. Kasten, um, at actually an alternative treatment center outside of Asheville, North Carolina. <clears throat> and uh, he had just started using um, a genetic reports in his practice for the purpose of prescribing um, more precise psychotropic medications for his patients and Thankfully, I mean, at that point, I was, I had also gone through two rounds of electroconvulsive therapy. You know, I was kind of just getting to the point where, you know, he mentioned that we would move forward with this and see how it went. And at that point, I was just kind of like, all right, we'll try one more thing. But I, my hope is very much waning at this point. Um, But he did the testing Um, and on those, that new combination of, of medications based on my results, I actually started to feel, uh, better mentally within two or three weeks, which was incredible after a year.
2: So after that whole time, it took more than a year to have someone consider a PGX test for you. Is that right? Yes. Oh my goodness. So how did it feel knowing the results of this test? It
0: was just an enormous weight lifted from me and my family. It finally gave me the self-knowledge of, you know, the the biggest kind of resounding feeling was it's not my fault. Um, I had, Internalize so much of the stigma and self blame, um, you know, especially over that year and a half, um, because it didn't just—it wasn't just me who was in pain. It was my whole family. Um, but just knowing that, you know, he—this is this is the medical route. I—I'm an empty HFR mutant, therefore I have, you know, less. Uh, serotonin production in my body. This is this this unequivocal fact. It's not a character judgment of me. I'm not this, you know, endlessly, you know, hopelessly troubled person who's never going to be able to integrate back into society. You know, this is, we've identified the issue. This is what we're going to do about it.
2: Oh, I'm so glad you said that, Kristen, because I've seen that In my own family and my patients as well, just not only the knowledge that medication doesn't work for you like it works for everyone else, but also just seeming like taking off the mental load of mental health is already a big burden on your body. But feeling like it's your fault or there's something you could have done to have the medicine work better um, has to be a freeing feeling to just understand your body specifically for the rest of your life. And how doctors need to treat you uniquely. So I'm really glad to hear that that genetic testing helped you. Then, is it something that you still consider now when you are looking at your medications?
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, I I think about it most days, honestly, and it's it just feels um, so empowering to have this knowledge and you know, I've, I think especially recently I've, it's, it's not just, you know, pills that I take in the morning that have been, you know, affected by this. It's the foods that I eat. Um, you know, I also understand, you know, with, you know, the, the MTHFR enzyme affects so much in the body that, you know, I need, I need to, uh, oh, well, speaking of which, that's actually my alarm to take my medication. <laughs> Um very appropriate that would happen right now. (laughs) I have to take it exactly. This is this is fine. This can be on air. Um, this is a part (laughs) of my daily life that I in the morning I, you know, I have my little you know, pill box, I put my pills in it. And um I have to take it. Um my medication relies on a certain amount of protein in my body. So I have to Mm -hmm. be very deliberate about eating adequate amounts of protein in the morning. And that was the journey in itself. So now I've got that part of the routine down. So I have to, I've got to take it at least um, exactly a half an hour after I ingest all that protein. Otherwise my body can't absorb it. So
2: this is amazing. This is like a pharmacist's dream that you're timing (laughs) your medication, taking it exactly on time and that you're, you're making your diet and your lifestyle optimized for your health. I'm so happy to see this and see how seriously you're taking your health. So I'm kind of happy for the interruption just to see (laughs) how you work and how it's, you have something that's developed that works for you and you're going to stick with it no matter what and not make any exceptions. So tell me, tell me more about pharmacogenomic testing since it changed your life so much and took a burden off you and your family. Do you feel like you'd recommend this to other patients out there in the world that are suffering as well?
0: Oh, I, I will. And I have, I honestly can't stop talking about this. This is, you know, I mean, just going through this experience and having this self-knowledge has given me such purpose and drive in my own life that I talk about it every chance I can get. I've, um, I, at one point I've, I've Skyped with people in Saudi Arabia, um, I've I get calls I there's sort of this um informal network that's that's developed that I'm I get texts from people and phone calls of people like oh this you know somebody's husband's cousin you know is severely depressed and you know we think they would benefit from the genetic testing what should we do so I've I've referred so many people to um my doctor who helped me um other providers that I'm familiar with. Um I I I've become a huge advocate. I've spoken a lot um as a patient story for the the biotech company Genomind um who who issued the the tests that my doctor used for me originally and I've gotten um as they've added more genes to to their reports, I've gotten more testing done. So I actually, I understand, you know, more about epigenetics now, and, you know, I'll probably have to be on additional medication eventually. Um, but it's fine. It's, you know, my, um, I honestly think you know, everyone should should have this knowledge about themselves because I find it just so tremendously helpful. And I mean, people are usually, you know, I've heard, you know, I hear all kinds of things when I mention it. Like, oh, uh, you know, I might focus on it too much. I don't know if I really want to know that. And then they find it out, and they're like, oh my gosh, I would have never known this otherwise, and now it's, I've never seen anybody who, as long as they have, I think the real key to people having a similar transformative experience that I did is that I think the counseling piece with someone who knows what they're talking about, as far as the genetics and the application of that information into medication or lifestyle choices is, is just really, really key. And I'm just so incredibly thankful that I had that in my in my doctor um, with Dr. Kasten because he was just um, so supportive and encouraging of me as an individual person and took the time to explain the both the genetics and the medication piece over and over again. Because, you know, when you're when you're treating people who are profoundly depressed like I was, I mean, you're, I mean, I was in, you know, almost like a state of dementia for over a year and a half. I, I could hardly, my memory was severely impacted. So I had to, in order to internalize the information, I had to hear it and read it, you know, quite a few times before I started to understand it. Well, and that
2: leads me to my next question was understanding the PGX results because it can be very complex and overwhelming because it's technical and it's definitely can be hard to understand as a patient, as a lay person. And so as a pharmacist, I am really excited to champion bringing pharmacists into this space to really help their patients better understand their medication because I feel that pharmacists are one of the most accessible healthcare professionals and we're already medication experts and whether it be a pharmacist or a prescriber or both, having them on your side, understanding those results with you and making sure it's a part of your care is so important. So my question for you, Kristen, is how would you feel about working with a pharmacist if they were skilled at
0: pharmacogenomics? Oh, I, I would work with, yeah, I anyone who has an in-depth in knowledge of this. And, you know, I had never, I just, yeah, always assumed it would be coming from a psychiatrist, but I think having yeah, someone, um, I mean, the ideal would be, yeah, just a professional who has that knowledge of both the medications and can, um, you know, explain it in a way that, that people can understand kind of bridging the gap between the the genetic piece and the the medications but also about who people are as individuals i think having all of those components coming from a professional um who who really knows what they're talking about would be amazing
2: yes exactly because I'm excited that genetic testing is more available than ever to patients like yourself, that patients can even order them online themselves. There's many direct to consumer tests. However, my worry is that you get the results, but if you don't have a professional a pharmacist or a prescriber who's looking at it with you, then it's really hard to understand what it means and you might even make false assumptions over the results that might negatively impact you. So, I'm really excited that not only did you get the testing, but also had that really, really important counseling and support component, not only once, but well into the future, because as you said, it is complex and it takes a while to wrap your mind around and understand how unique you are and how important it is to make sure your genetics align with all medications, not only prescription, but, um, over the counter as well. And to have that well into the future and not just a one and done, test and counseling session, and then good luck, Kristen, for the rest
0: of your life. Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, if that's, if that's the approach, there's not, there's not a lasting effect for the patient. And then what is the point, you know, or or the point is to just bill services now, like it needs to be more than that. And, you know, as a provider myself now, I mean, how, how I practice as a speech pathologist, you know, with my, you know, stroke patients and COVID recovery patients, you know, et cetera. It's, yeah, it's very much a, a holistic approach that I have very much impacted by the, yeah, the amazing doctor that that I got to come in contact with. And so I, I just I love connecting with with other health professionals in different sectors who have the same mindset of, you know, this is about actually, actually having a positive impact on, on people's lives and not just, you know, um, because I've, by now I've heard so many different, you know, stories of people who, who do have, you know, experience, transformative experiences with the knowledge and, you know, readily understand them and integrate them. And, other people who haven't, they're just kind of like, "Ah, okay, I did it, but like whatever. And the, the key difference there is really the, the investment of, of the professional in their patient. It's that personal relationship and, you know, taking the time to emphasize the importance of it and what it actually means and, you know, having the patience to do that over and over again, because people might not nest. Necess- it's a lot to try to comprehend the first time.
2: Yeah, I think that's the key point is the relationship with a professional. And ideally, multiple professionals who are all on the same page with you. so it's not like a a silo. well, only only this doctor <laughs> looks at my genetics, and no one else on my healthcare team knows about it, or this is even a part of our conversation because, for me, I believe that, that genetic testing should be a standard of care for all of patients um, in the world and that their whole healthcare team is on board, whether it is the prescriber or the pharmacist or the nurse or their therapist, that we're all on the same page with personalized medicine and supporting patients, knowing that medication isn't the be all end all solution to all of our problems. But getting the medication right for a unique individuals sure makes a big difference. In in health outcomes. And I just wanted to share a couple of quick statistics and then we'll wrap it up with one more question, Kristen, um, because for me, pharmacogenomics and personalized mental health is a really big deal and our our world is craving bringing this personalized medicine to the table because over five billion prescriptions are filled every year. But as you and I know, not all drugs are effective for people and response rates for many medications are only 50 to 75 percent at best. And adverse drug reactions were the fourth leading cause of death in the United States and have only since been usurped by COVID deaths. And so to have a top five cause of death in the United States is wild. And it shows how much room we have to go with optimizing medications and getting them right for our patients to have a, a cause of death that that's high and two more facts I want to share really quick was, is that it's not just a one, one unique person here and there that has actionable results from a genetic test. Over 90% of patients possess clinically actionable genetic variants, um, which just goes to show it's you're unique. If you don't have a clinically actionable genetic variant and that As part of the top five fifth cause of death in the United States, adverse drug reactions result in 1.3 million emergency department visits every year, which ultimately have 350,000 people who require hospital admission, many of which is preventable by optimizing therapy to begin with. And so this is, we have a long way to go, Kristen. And my last question for you is tell me a little bit more about your advocacy work in this space and what you're doing to change this and help other people, which are, who are stuck where you used to be?
0: Yes. Um, first I just, before I go more into the advocacy stuff, I mean, this, it's all connected. Um, but I, I totally agree. I think the reason why I can't stop talking about this is because I'm totally, I think that this should be integrated at every level of care as well. Um, and I just, I want to, my my advocacy is is driven by, you know, just what I learned in my own story and how that was the ultimate game changer for me. And, um, you know, I spend so much time, you know, outside of work thinking about this and writing about it and talking to people about it because, it's you know, this isn't just my story. I think this is just this, you know, pharmacogenetics could just revolutionize you know how we treat people and mental health care and the entire health care system, but also it has the power to break down that, you know, just generational stigma about mental health, which I know from experience can be one of the biggest barriers to care. And um, you know, PGX is, you know, it's treating people as human beings, not statistics, um, you know, individuals who whose genes are instilled with both the strengths and weaknesses of generations past. And I think that's just a hugely, you know, powerful thing to sort of just consider for all of us as individuals and in the cultural zeitgeist as a whole. Um, so I like I said I just I can't stop talking about it and I try to to live all of these things that I've learned from my results as an example for other people you know that it can be done and you can talk openly about these things um and you know be a functional you know happy human even though you do have the particular you know mental health um you know, affected genetic deficits that I do. I for such a long time growing up, I thought, you know, I I I would probably die by suicide fairly early in my life. And I didn't um, you know, I had doubts about being able to, you know, stand up stand on my own, have a full-time job, but you know, I have a full-time job. I worked full-time throughout a pandemic in skilled nursing facilities. So if you want proof that, uh, you know, the PGX and medication for mental health as a result works, there's the proof. I worked in a very depressing setting and probably one of the most depressing his you know, recent periods of human history. And yet, you know, here I am. Um, so, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's just in- incredible to have that knowledge going forward. And I think everyone should be talking about it and using it.
2: Well, I'm so glad that you're sharing your story. And like you said, just having, telling it to other people and not being afraid of the historically, cultural taboo, talking about mental health to say, people are suffering, we need to talk about it and show them the resources that are available. So I'm so glad you've been so brave and so open because I know it's helping so many more people. And now your message gets to get to people all around the world who are suffering or have family members or loved ones who are suffering to help bring one more piece of the puzzle to help them solve it and provide resources that have been around For a long time, PGX testing isn't something that's new. It's been around for 20 years at this point. It's just taken a long time to adopt and to come into use. And I think hearing stories like this will create even more demand from the patient and demanding of their prescribers and their healthcare team to treat them as a unique individual and to stop guessing with their prescriptions and stop the trial and error
0: and try to get it right the first time with precision medicine. Exactly. Yeah. And I've been, I've been so thankful for, for platforms like, like this and the Dr. Oz show, um, you know, publications um, that I've, um, you know, Psych Central and Huffington Post that have been, you know, really allowed me to, to broadcast this, this message to people on a much wider scale. And, you know, that's, that's just one of the most um, rewarding things about doing this is, is hearing from people who are kind of newly touched by this knowledge and have that, have actionable hope, you know, where, um, where the, you know, they can themselves get help or help their family members. Because as I've learned, you know, everyone is at least one or two people removed from someone suffering from a serious mental health issue.
2: Exactly. There's so many people are suffering who are looking for help. And this can be one more great piece to the puzzle to help get clarity and understand for the rest of their life, how they're unique and how they should be treated as such. And my goal is to really champion the profession of pharmacy and bring pharmacists massively into this picture. So like you're saying, when people reach out to you and say, how do I get one of this tests? My goal is that anyone can go in the country to their pharmacist and say, hey, we need these medications aren't working. Or ideally their pharmacist is bring it up and saying, before we get before we give you this medication, I want to make sure that it's ideal for you and having the whole healthcare team, pharmacist prescriber, everyone on board, that it's not a matter of selecting out this unique test, but that it's just a part of personalized care with pharmacists being a big aspect of that. So thank you for your time, Kristen. I just have one last question for you on what's, what's your takeaway, like a one sentence takeaway of what you would suggest to someone who feels like they're struggling right now and is looking for help.
0: We, we have the the technology and the resources do exist to help you or your loved one. Um, It might not be the same thing that I dealt with, but there, there are people who, who can give you the knowledge to be empowered um, and to heal. And it's not, it's not an, an easy process healing, but it's, it's possible, and I know that it is. Yeah, there's. It's not just. It's not a false hope. There are actual, tangible steps that you can take to feel better within weeks. After the Dr. Oz show, there was such such an outpouring of of support for me. I mean, first of all, I was actually, um, I, I knew that I needed to do the Dr. Oz appearance, but I was also terrified in some respects because I was still in graduate school and hadn't gotten a real job yet and was, you know, pretty, uh, yeah, scared of the, you know, the very real stigma in healthcare, which is kind of, of mental, you know, providers with mental health issues, which thankfully is, I think becoming less of a thing, but has been an established thing for a while, um. Uh, but after I went on the, the Dr. Oz show, um, I, I shared my interview over social media and I received such, um, an outpouring of, of support, not just in, um, you know, me for telling my story, but empowering other people to contact me with their own stories and ask me for resources. So, I made a website, um, and I was contacted by people all over the world through the, the email form on my website. And that, um, actually led eventually to the creation of my organization. Um, the, the, I'm not crazy project, which is, which is dedicated towards, um, helping me, uh, tell, continue to tell my stories and, um, continue to network with other professionals in the industry and hear other people's how other people's lives have been impacted by this technology and really towards the goal of of breaking down the stigma and mental health and, you know, spreading spreading this knowledge and self-awareness for people. Um, so we have a website. It's I'm not crazy And we have an email form on there. I'm always happy to hear from people. Um, And we also have a Facebook page. um, And then you can find me on LinkedIn, Kristen Ruth Davis. Thank
2: you everyone for joining us today I'm so glad you got to be a part of this great conversation and hope that you reach out to Kristen in the links that she shared above as well as in the show notes if you have more questions for me remember I'm your host Dr. Jamie Wilkie I'm a pharmacist who loves pharmacogenomics and empowers pharmacists to bring pharmacogenomics into their own community and if that's something you're interested in you can find me on LinkedIn Dr. Jamie Wilkie or on my website drjamiewilkie.com Thank you for joining us today. Please subscribe to the Pharmacy Podcast Network and the PGX for Pharmacists on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day, everyone. Bye.
1: Thanks for your interest in PGX and for spending some time with us. Please share this podcast and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. For all of our episodes, please visit PGX4RX.com. That's PGX4RX.com.